G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com. The music of the rockers bring us into our first segment here tonight. Lyle and Welshie, g'day boys. Nice of you to join us, Tony. It's nice to be here. I'm, I'm really uh, annoyed that I missed out on Avery last week. What a fantastic interview that was. Yeah, welcome back, mate. She was, you, she was fantastic, Avery. A uh, breath of fresh air and a lot of people have um, commented on how how candid the interview felt and how relaxed she was, starting off with that huge burp, obviously. <laughs> this is very Avery. No, she did, she did well. She was a bit nervous at the start, I thought, but obviously she got that out of her system. And I apologise to Avery off the top for the misspelling of her name uh, initially. You can uh, apologise for me to, for not turning your phone off as well. Yeah, uh, so, uh, yeah, when I keyed in Avery into the internet search engine, it gave me a adult wrestler called Avery and the spelling was wrong. Hang on, so. You, so you mean a wrestler who's an adult? No, no, I, I think she wrestles nude or in... Jeez, you the smartphones, they really know what you usually search for, so... I'm pretty sure it was already bookmarked, <laughs> knowing Tony's phone, 100%. I wondered why you were so disappointed you weren't going to be in studio last week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, the Rockers defeated Demolition somehow. How'd that happen? That's disappointing, uh, It would actually. never happen in real life. God, question now. Can't we? Well, no, it didn't happen in real life ever. <laughs> Demolition never lost. Couldn't we have just faked the rundown and just put in what we want? Well, Tony usually it. does that, so I'm I'm <laughs> hoping that was the rockers that brought us in. Um, and also, yeah, if you want to vote on our polls every week, like us on Facebook, where um, we try to be entertaining there, even when we're not entertaining in here. Yeah. All right, well, she time to introduce our first guest. Okay, so our first guest was formerly known as Facebook. And she's taken Facebook. off the book. Facebook. Brook. Okay. You can shit me sometimes. <laughs> uh, and now she's taken off the mask and the new persona, Steph Delander. Thanks for joining us, Steph. That's okay. It's good to be on. I'll just jump straight straight into it. What was the catalyst of uh, finally taking the mask off on your return? went into it. When I first started wrestling and I became Facebook, I kind of always had in the back of my mind the idea that I would unmask at some point. Um, it was just a matter of timing for me. And having an injury and being out for 10 months, coming back, it just felt like a really good time to unmask and change my character. So yeah, it wasn't really, you know... Like if I was going to unmask, it was more just a matter of when, and it just seemed like good timing. This might be a totally stupid question, but was it tough for you to unmask and move into your own persona? You know what? It actually was, and I've I've been asked this question a few times, and it I, it wasn't a decision that I took lightly at all. I went back and forth for quite a few months on it, and I pretty much spent my whole time being out injured. Probably the first six months. I spent deliberating that exact thing. Am I going to unmask or am I not? And that's the thing that a lot of people ask me. So it ended up actually being a really tough decision. Um, but I spoke to my trainers and I spoke to quite a few people in the wrestling industry that I respect their opinion. And ultimately, I decided that it was the best way to go. And a lot of people wouldn't realize that there's more to just more than just taking off a mask and wrestling without it, you need to think about your whole uh, ring presentation and persona. Um, and that's obviously going to be a bit of a work in progress as well. How much thought's going into that? 
Definitely. And there is, there's a lot. And you, you're completely right. It's not a matter of taking off my mask, changing my name, and now I'm just Steph. You know, it's, it's a complete overhaul of my character, my gear, my moveset, my mannerisms in ring, how I present myself on social media. It's, it's literally 100% an overhaul. And it's something that it'll take me a while to feel it out. Like I, being injured, I did have a lot of time to kind of sit back and really go through everything and brainstorm and come up with some ideas. But the next few months for me are definitely going to be feeling out my new character and trying certain things. And some things might work, some things might not. Just figuring out, you know, who Steph Delander is and what I'm all about. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a work in progress. I really want to spend 2019 really kind of honing in on my new character. And can we tell you that we actually love Indy Hartwell in here, but none of us agree with her when she says, put the mask on, you're ugly. <laughs> we, we, totally wrong. Keep the mask off. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a strong, a strong call. I don't think I've had anyone else say that. But, um, yeah, I think the reception that I've got from unmasking has pretty much all been positive. So I'm, I'm pretty confident that I made the right decision with that one. Well, we've um, followed both of your social media accounts on Instagram for quite a while, and Lyle, in in from from this show, he was wondering why we followed this uh, young boy Steph account, and was shocked when he found out you were you and Facebook were the same person. Oh, uh, that's funny. I've had a few people say that actually that they were, you know, embarrassed to admit that it took them a lot longer than they wished to realise that I was Facebook. So. I thought it was very obvious, but apparently I still had a few people in the dark, which is quite funny. In my defence, I live in a very kayfabe world when we talk wrestling, so... (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. We need more of that these days. Uh, With the comeback matches, uh, how how, uh, much more comfortable was it that you got to share the ring with one of your best friends as a tag partner than to work against uh, for your first two matches? It was great. Honestly, I couldn't have asked for a better return. Um, Doing that weekend, having going from not wrestling to then wrestling a double-headed weekend, um, there was a lot of pressure there, especially, you know, returning for Wrestling Go, and then my second match was for the MCW um, Girl Show. So there's quite a bit of pressure there. So being able to do that, tagging alongside and then against Indy um, was really a blessing, and I'm really glad that I was able to do that with her by my side. And how was the uh, the ring rust and the coming back from the bumps? Um, it actually, I, I felt really good. Like I've been training in the ring for a couple of months, so I've kind of had had a few months to shake the rust off and get comfortable. Um, and then once I got in front of a crowd, it just felt really natural again. So I. I I was a bit worried about it. I was like, oh, have I forgotten how to wrestle? But <laughs> having those couple of matches under my belt and being in training the past few months, um, I'm feeling really confident. Steph, take us through the injury for those that may be listening that don't know about it and uh, take us through your recovery and your rehab. Yeah, sure. So I had surgery on my left shoulder um, last year in June. So basically, I just had um, quite a few episodes of what is called a subluxation, Mm. which is a partial dislocation. So, but it's where your shoulder kind of pops out and pops back in itself. That's pretty handy when you. That's handy when you're being thrown to the ground. Yeah, those two things don't really work together well. Wrestling and shoulders that pop out. Um, 
Shoulder injuries are very common with wrestling. Now, obviously, you guys, if you know anything about wrestling, you'll see a whole bunch of wrestlers with their shoulders taped up. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, I'm one of those ones with kind of, you know, didn't don't have a great shoulder. So, yeah, I just had a few of those episodes. And um, I tried to wrestle through them for a while. I did a lot of uh, strengthening and rehabbing, kind of prehab, trying to avoid surgery with my physio. Um, and then I had quite a few episodes in a row um, and I kind of heard it a bit in America last year. So then when I returned back from America, I decided to have the surgery because it wasn't really a matter of if I needed it, it was more when, and I decided that the sooner the better so I can just get it out of the way, get the rehab done, and um, come back to wrestling as quick as I could. So I was out for about 10 months after the surgery. And with the rehab, uh, there's not just the physical, there's the mental side of being out. Because uh, yeah. your career was like really on the, the trajectory that you had basically, you were hitting your goals as you were going along. It couldn't have come at a worse yeah. time for you. How does the mindset yeah. work? I mean, it was really hard because as you said, I was just starting to blow up and I had just gone to America for my first trip and I had just debuted the Shimmer and I had a lot of things lined up. I had a few interstate trips that I had to pull out of. So it kind of felt like the worst timing possible. Um, and mentally, it was really, really hard. Like, when I first got hurt, I couldn't watch wrestling for probably the first three months. I didn't want to be around it. I didn't want to go to the show. Like, even though, I, you know, I tried to go to some of our local shows and I was still going to Newey Pro and PWA and whatever, I couldn't sit at home on my day watching wrestling. And I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to know about it. Um, and be, especially because everything else keeps going. You know, when you get hurt, you're suddenly taken out of action and you're put on the bench for a year, but everyone else is still progressing and all the other girls are still traveling overseas and wrestling and having these giant opportunities. And yeah, a part of you definitely sits there and goes, oh, that could have been me, that could have been me, that one could have been me. So it's hard as well because you're so torn because these are your friends and you're so happy for them, but there's definitely a part of you that is jealous because you wish it was you. So Mental, if anything, the mental side of recovering from an injury, in my opinion, is harder than the physical rehab. Because physically, with the rehab, you know, it's just like anything. You just put your head to it, you get it done. There's no, it's not even a question of whether or not you're doing it. You just do it because that's your goal. But it was the mental side of it that I really had to navigate through. And what um, tactics did you use to, um, to assist with that? Luckily, I have a lot of a lot of close friends inside and outside of wrestling. So at the start, when I kind of didn't even really want to know about wrestling, I spent a lot of time with my friends outside of wrestling. So I reconnected with a lot of kind of people from my hometown where I grew up that have nothing to do with wrestling. And I kind of, you know, found what I enjoy outside of it. So, like, I love animals. So I made sure I spent a lot of time around animals. And, you know, I went to some dog shelters and helped walk the dogs you know, in the pound and, you know, how do I fill my days with things that aren't wrestling? Because, you know, my life is 95% wrestling. So I had to tap into that 5% and find what else made me happy. So I spent a lot of time doing that. And then towards kind of leading into, okay, I'm getting closer to coming back to wrestling. There's a point now where it's like, okay, I've got to get back into it. I've got to start watching it and start going to the shows. That's when I really relied on my close friends within wrestling and really confided in them. And they helped me along the way and showed me, like, Steph, it's not over. Like, you know, it's only a few more months and you'll be back. And 
luckily I, I'm surrounded by a lot of really supportive people and they helped me through it. So you had to tap into your life to tap out of wrestling? <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I, I had to because otherwise I was going to go insane. It was yeah. I can either sit here and think about all the things I'm not doing right now or, you know, while I've got these six, nine months, whatever, you know, do some other stuff that makes me happy. So that's what I did. And that perspective will help you now that you're back wrestling as well, I think, uh, make you more rounded. Yeah, 100%. You are, it's, it's the old cliche, but you, sometimes you don't appreciate things until they're taken away from you. And now that I've come back into wrestling, there's so many more things that I, I want to do and I want to improve and I want to travel. You know, it's just, it's really lit a fire inside of me. So I think that time away from it, from an outside perspective, has definitely changed how I look and how I think about a lot of things within wrestling. Now you, now you brought up Shimmer from the US. Yeah. What, what, how important has that development been with a promotion like that? And for our girls, I know a few girls have been over there in the past recent years. What, what's it like being over there? Um, it's huge. You know, I think for most girls in Australia, Shimmer is one of our main goals. And to be able to perform there is such an honor. And honestly, we wouldn't be able to do it if it wasn't for Madison Eagles and Shazza McKenzie and the girls that have come before us, the generation before, you know, like Jessie McKay, all of those girls. Uh, Evie, who is now Dakota Kai, a lot of them wrestled in Shimmer before, you know, going on elsewhere and going on to greater things. So having that path for us, kind of, you know, the girls before us paving that way, we're really, really blessed that we've, you know, we've had a good transition leading into places like Shimmer. And wrestling for Shimmer is such, yeah, it's just such an awesome, it's kind of mind-blowing to even think about it. Like, I remember when I was there, you just kind of take a moment and you look around you and you see the girls that you're wrestling with. And it's, it's a bit kind of, yeah, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's really, it's a really, really cool thing. There's so many talented female wrestlers from every inch of the world in the same place. So, yeah, there's definitely, it's a lot going on, but it's a really cool experience. Yeah, you look at the Shimmer, their history of who's worked there, and it's everyone who's gone on to work anywhere has gone through Shimmer at some stage. And yeah. you you debuted there. You were very um, – you're almost a rookie when you debuted there, so that must have been amazing. I was. I was, I was so lucky with um, my, you know, debut for Shimmer. I think I had only been on shows – for, you know, maybe 10, 11 months, not even a year. Um, and I went over with the girls. I wasn't expecting... I, I didn't have any promises, really. Like, it was just, I'll go over there, I'll do the Rise seminar, which Rise is kind of like a smaller sister company for Shimmer. So they're technically separate companies, but they use a lot of the same roster and all of that. So all I had done was signed up for the Rise seminar, and then if I did well on that, Hopefully, I might get a match on Rise, and maybe I'll get a dark match on Shimmer. But, yeah, I actually ended up um, debuting on the Shimmer main show for that trip. So that was, you know, that definitely exceeded my expectations, and I wasn't expecting it. And I'm really blessed that so early into my career, I managed to have that opportunity because a lot of other female wrestlers don't. So I definitely know how lucky I am with that one. I think it helps. So you're definitely a unique wrestler in that you uh quite tall and powerful so there's a lot and you can work a lot of different styles yeah so that's something that I've been um, something that I've tried to kind of work on so I know 
you know, being big and tall, people expect me to have that really strong powerhouse moveset, which I do. Um, but having a history of dancing, I actually danced for 10 years when I was a kid. Um, I am quite flexible and quite agile as well. So I like to be able to show off both sides of that being, you know, really strong and powerful, but also my more athletic side. You mentioned before that uh, you oh, – hang on, let me just change that question. I'll, uh, I'll fix this up in post-production. I'll just <laughs> been blank for one sec. Here, here we go. Sorry, here we go. Uh, I've been lucky enough in the past to interview sports people and talk about their coaches through their formidable period of their life, through their sort of their late teens into their early adulthood pretty similar to where you're at now and you've had Madison Eagles in your corner for a long time take us through how much she's influenced you not just in wrestling but in life itself yeah so Madison Eagles is one of those people that it doesn't matter how long you know her for she's still just as scary as she is the first day you meet her <laughs> she just has she has this presence about her that you, you know some people are just special Madison's just a special person and she, for what she does for all of the students at PWA Australia, you know, all of her students, she, she does so much more than she needs to. And she really does take, like, a vested interest in what we're doing and tries to help us as much as she can with our careers. So I, I anything, anywhere that I go in my career, I honestly owe to Madison Eagles. Because, yes, professionally within wrestling, she has done so much for me. But also personally, you know, there's been certain things go on that I can go to her about and say, hey, this has happened, what do I do here? And she just gives you such good advice because she's been in the business for, I think, 16 years now as a female wrestler. So she's been through pretty much every experience a female wrestler is going to have at this point. Um, so her advice is, yeah, you, you couldn't put a price on it. It's just amazing being able to lean on her for support. And, and off the back of that, I suppose, is it easier having a female trainer as such as opposed to a male trainer for that reason, the fact that you can talk to them about different things? Definitely. I mean, there's, like, my main coaches, I have Madison Eagles, Robbie Eagles and Mick Moretti. So um, between the three of them, I learn a lot from all different, all three of them. You know, like they're all valuable in different ways. But having that element of Madison being a female and being to being able to relate to her on certain levels definitely is an advantage. It's always good to have, you know, a role model like that. Wrestling's a male-dominated sport, you know, and even though it's changing and it's starting to, you know, be a lot more females involved, there are still a lot more men than women. So being able to have, you know, a strong female figure that you look up to and you can go to for advice is really good. And PWA have got a production line at the moment of amazing wrestlers coming out, uh, particularly the girls. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the, not just the competition, the fr- uh, the friendships and the co- – uh, PWA seems like it's a team. Yes, definitely. It definitely is. And that's not just us saying that because we want to. That's honestly what it is. There is – there's just a bond between all of us at PWA that is really, really strong. And I think that roots from the idea that we all have the same goal and that's that we all want to get better. We all want to be as good as we can be and we want to, pay, we want to take PWA to another level. And then we all also have our individual goals of, you know, whether it's going overseas, whether it's going to Japan, going to WWE. Like, 
we all have really big dreams and we're all working together towards those. So I think within that, you have this bond with each other that's really strong because we're all in it for the same thing and we're all training together, you know, two, three, four times a week, doing shows every weekend. When you spend that much time around people, it's it's only natural that you're going to become really close with each other. We've uh, been lucky enough to have a few listeners throw some questions your way off our Facebook and Twitter account, Steph. So we're going to throw yeah. you a couple and get your uh, responses to them. First up, I'm going to give you one from uh, at Ace Cowboy, who talks about fan chants, and he wants to know whether that affects you in the ring or not when the fans start to chant stuff outside the ring. And added to that, if I can also add, the difference in noise level from wearing a mask to not wearing a mask, is that something you've also had to get used to as well? interaction and fans chanting at you and that kind of thing definitely affects you. I mean, it can go both ways. Like, if you've got a crowd that's really, really loud and getting really into what you're doing, um, it's motivating. You know, it's great. It's, it's awesome. And it, it, you know, kind of pushes you a bit further because you want to do more and you want to get more of that reaction and you know that what you're doing is getting, you know, is getting a good reaction, which is what we're what we're there for, we're performing for the audience. We want them to be loud and having a good time. Um, but yeah, also if there's people heckling you and saying nasty stuff or this and that and whatever, it can catch you off guard sometimes and you know kind of throw you off your game. But you, you get it's it's just another one of those elements of wrestling that you do get used to being able to tune it out if you need to, but also being able to tap into that for the extra motivation. Um, and then for the second part of that. Um, with a mask, I mean, yes, it's not the, the sound, not so much. It's more, it's just my facials I've found. I have to kind of work on a little bit because I'm used to wrestling under a mask where you can't see my face. So now, you know, for the entirety of my match while I'm wrestling, you can see my face. So I, ju- I need to just be more mindful of that, I would say. And, you know, so I've, I've seen photos. I'm not, I'm just not used to seeing it. I see photos of my matches recently. And it's just funny seeing my face because I'm not used to seeing my face. So I'll be getting beaten up or whatever. And I'm like, Haha, that photo's hilarious. So yeah, I'm just getting used to seeing my own face getting beaten up, I guess. Now, I've got a question from Twitter from Nick. He wants to know what your biggest goals are for 2019. Um, my biggest goals for 2019, I would say, is... Honestly, I, I want to stay in Australia. Like, I'm going to America in April, and I'll probably go a couple more times, hopefully later this year or go elsewhere. But I really want to spend the rest of this year really knuckling down, training as hard as I can in PWA, and really developing my new character. Um, and then possibly next year I might, I'm thinking about possibly going to America for a few months to train and travel around and that kind of thing. But... For this year, especially coming off injury, I really just want to kind of stay in my home base as much as I can just to get as many reps in with having as many matches as possible and training really hard and all of that, just getting back into the grind. This one, I think you get a lot. It's from a uh, Malcolm Muhammad. (laughs) We want to sign and bookings you. Yeah. Uh, What's going on on with uh, every female wrestler in the world getting that message? I don't know. I think he makes a new account like every two days because surely he gets blocked constantly. So 
I don't know who Malcolm Muhammad is, but I'm getting pretty over it at this point. Yeah, it was funny at the <laughs> start. Only, there are only so many bookings and signings I can take. <laughs> Uh, if anyone's not sure, that is go on to Twitter and just search signing and bookings and you'll see that... Just search any female wrestler and look at her mentions and I'm sure he'll be there. <laughs> Particularly Indian Shazza, I believe. Yes, he loves them, doesn't he? I think so, Any yeah. more, Bush? Yeah, I got one more. Um, I'm not going to try and pronounce the name. <laughs> um, it's from Twitter. You have $20 US at IHOP. You're alone. What do you order? Yeah. Oh, wow. See, this, is, this isn't even like a dream scenario. Like, this will be me in two weeks. So <laughs> I better think about this really well. I love, like, I just love the big breakfast. Like, a stack of, like, two chop chip pancakes mm. with, like, the whipped butter. And then, like, scrambled eggs, bacon, oh. sausage links, hash brown. And then, like, the bottomless filtered coffee because, like, I just love it. And then, like, the maple pecan, maple syrup, like, the butter pecan. Where really have you been good. all my life? Oh, goodness <laughs> Honestly, Fantastic. I know. It's too much. I'm, I'm very excited. That's a good question. Those are my favorite. Any, like, all of the, you know, like, what, what's your goals? Like, I can like I can only answer that so many times. If someone asks me about pancakes or, like, IHOP, I will go on forever. Well, um, Adam Wilmot asked Turkish Delight, question mark. <laughs> so there's like a really funny running joke between um, myself and Mehmet that we hate each other. We still don't really know if it's real or not. Um, but today, I hate you, Mehmet. I'll just say that. And Turkish Delight, yes or no? That is Mehmet. Oh, is it? That oh, is okay. Mehmet. Mehmet is, Mehmet is Turkish Delight. That's the Ah, thing. okay. Oh, now I've been on the joke. Yeah. Hey, now Steph. you're in it, yeah. Thank you so much uh, for your time today. We really do appreciate it. And uh, good luck with 2019. I know it's been a tough road coming back from injury, but everything looks like it's on the up and it's going to be a great year for you. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Where can people find you on social media? Um, so my Instagram and Twitter is at Steph Delanza, so S-T-E-P-H-D-E-L-A-N-D-E-R, and then Facebook, if you just search that name, it'll pop up. And we will link it to the show when we release it on all forms of social media as we well. certainly will. Good on you, Steph. Awesome. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. See ya. Steph Delanda joining us here on The Turnbuckle. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. And welcome back, second half of the show, and that was the music of uh, Shane O'Mac. Yes, we'll talk about him and the bastard. A sec. He is, yeah, yeah. Isn't he? right in Runs front of the family. family. <laughs> how, how, how good was Steph? Oh, yeah. she's good. That was really good. Yeah. You didn't have to tell her the story that I didn't know she was Facebook. I thought that was throwing me under the bus. No, no, that was, that was a good call. That was a good yep, call. Okay. Hey, guys, we've got plenty of news to talk about uh, in what's happened in the past week in the world of wrestling. But the big news is what's happening in the world of wrestling in the next couple of days. And that, of course, is a massive event down here in Melbourne, PCW Grand Slam. And we thought we'd get Edward Dusk on, who's coming up against Danny Psycho in one of the, uh, the big matches on the night to talk about the night and his uh, match as well. Uh, g'day, Edward Dusk. Hello, boys. How are we? 
Excellent, thank you, mate. What a massive night this is turning out to be, this PCW Grand Slam. I think last count that we heard, 1,500-odd tickets have been sold to the night at Knox. It is absolutely insane to think about. And you've got a massive match. I do. I have a feeling, I suppose, about how it's come about. I mean... I think some of you boys were there. Over a year ago, I faced Danny in a match where he made the stipulation that if he lost, he would retire. And I beat him, but he's managed to worm his way back into the company. And the only thing he wanted was one more match with me. So that's where we stand right now. And as I said earlier in the week, I'm I'm happy to oblige him. I'm happy to help him lead himself to his slaughter, so to speak. So what may have seemed like an exclamation mark a year ago, you're hoping to turn to a full stop? That is, I could not put it better myself, to be honest. That's it. I, I made a mistake a year ago when I let him walk away from PCW, I suppose. And it, it, as cliche as it may be, at Grand Slam on Saturday, I plan to make sure that he does not walk out. I am... I, I ended his career, and he still came back. So whatever I have to do this time to put an end to Danny Psycho, I plan to do. Now, Danny Psycho's had a big part in your career to date. Yeah. Is there any Are there any thoughts at all that you owe the guy a bit more than that or not? Look, I maybe once upon a time, I, I'm, I may have. He, he trained me. He, he got me my start. And, you know, you can look at that how you will. But we, we were always a little at odds. And obviously that came to a head a year ago when, when I took the rest of the Geelong Academy and formed the team of the insurgents. And we looked to take him out to put, a, put our names on the map. And it, it all built to that match between he and I for his career. And... I can honestly say, even if he did, even if he is my trainer, I don't regret what I did. I don't have an ounce of remorse for what I did. I'd do it again. I, I don't owe him anything. He's the one that's coming back, wanting to wrestle me so he can be relevant again. I don't need Danny Psycho. Danny Psycho needs Edward Dusk. Let's talk a little bit about, a little bit about the ignition title. Um, mm. How long have you had that for now? We'd be nearing on 300 days now. Oh. It's a good effort. That's it'll, a decent rain, that it'll one. Be, it'll be a beautiful year-long relationship in May. And it's not, a, it's not like you've been ducking and diving. You've defended that title a lot. I have defended it against every single person that has tried to take it from me, from people like Sammy Falcon, Cass Stone, Nate Cross, Jake Taylor, hell, even Stevie Felice. You know, you look at that list, the best have stepped up and the best have all failed because I still hold that championship tight. And it is going to take a lot to pry it from my hands. And I'm sure as good and as great as Danny is and can be, and I'm sure he will be on Saturday, I, I can promise you that he's not going to be the one that does it. Now, we know you've got your big grudge match that's on the uh, on the card. What are some of the other 
big matches on the card for the 15, maybe 1,600 people that are going to be there Saturday night? We've obviously also got the tag titles on the line with uh, RB4K and uh, defending against the Brotherhood. Bit of a different matchup this time because you've got pretty much every member. You've got Aisha, Ryan and Sammy against uh, Wake, Sid Parker and Erica Reed this time. So it's kind of, I suppose, all the marbles. Everyone putting all their cards on the table and I mean, if you've seen any of the matches these guys have been having, if you think about this as going to be the final one, I can only imagine what these guys are going to do to one another. And that's going to be under Freebird rules as well. Which definitely adds a very different element to it. Yeah, it's... Uh, and then, you've, of course, you've got the um, the main event as well. Mm. You've got my boy, my, my man, da- Lucas Daniels. He's going to finally final put an end to this little story of Mark Cage fighting from from beneath, fighting back from his injury. I'm sure, look, these guys have torn each other apart for over a year now, I'm pretty sure. And, you know, you're going to put two guys who, I mean, they, they took each other through hell in an Ironman match. Now you are going to throw them in there with tables and ladders and chairs and God knows what else. They're probably going to destroy each other but I mean it's there's a reason Lucas Daniels has been champion as long as he has he's he is unrivaled yeah it'll have, have to be one of the biggest feuds in Australian wrestling at the moment that's for sure absolutely and would take us through uh, where people can still get tickets if they're available and uh, where they go on Saturday night we are we are still selling tickets online at pcw.com .au. You can still grab some tickets there. And then, of course, this Saturday night, 16th at the, at the State Basketball Arena in Wonturner. Fantastic. It is, it is going to be absolutely insane. I mean, one of the things that people always talk about with a PCW show is the atmosphere. And that's what we accomplish with, you know, hundreds of people. And now we're looking at thousands of people. Um, I saw online today uh, there was a basketball referee who sent in uh, a video uh, complaining uh, that he was going to have to referee the wrestling. And now I see that he is actually guest refereeing a match. Uh, Do you have uh, any thoughts on that? The only thought I can think is if I was him, I would be desperately praying that his name's not against my match because <laughs> I've made it very clear in the past what happens to referees that step in my way and whether you're a basketball referee or a wrestling referee, I'm not going to hesitate in hurting you if you step in my way. And well, hopefully he doesn't give you a technical foul if uh, if he does. I've, I've heard Edward beats up the staff at Foot Locker because they look like referees. <laughs> Actually, that's very good. That's very good. Hey, Edward, thanks for your time. I really do appreciate it. Enjoy Saturday night for what's going to be an amazing night of wrestling uh, down there and such a massive crowd, and we wish you all the best. Thank you very much, boys. Edward Dusk joining us here on the Turnbuckle. As we continue on the Turnbuckle here, uh, part two, where we look at what's been happening in the uh, the world of wrestling. Uh, just before we do that, that's a massive story, isn't it? Uh, 15, 1,600 people along to a local wrestling event in Australia is just 
That's huge. Yeah, and a lot of people worried about their gate once they um, MCW announced that they were going to run the same day. Um, but PCW have got a knack of filling their arena, and I had no doubt that Rowdy and the guys there would would do just that. And MCW will have a full house. They'll have a full house. Mm. And it's just good for wrestling in Victoria and Australia to show what you can do without bringing big international names in. Yeah, Saturday exactly. night just in Melbourne could be about 2,300 wrestling fans watching. How good's that? Locally, it's How amazing. Good is that? Hey, uh, Avery, we spoke about the interview last week, which is a fantastic interview. Unfortunately, we weren't able to break some news that she was working on, but since last week's interview and this week, she's come out and given it, and it's amazing news—the fact that she's heading over to the UK. It's amazing news for Avery. It's sad news for us because <laughs> we're going to lose her for. You know, up to two years, mm. um, but I've got no doubt she's going to kill it over there. Oh, definitely. Her her character and her personality, I think it, it's going to get right over. So, yeah, sky's the limit. And you say two years, we might not see her back here for a long time. So if you're in the UK or you want to tag some UK promoters in her promo video, try and help her get on a couple of shows because once... Once she's booked for a couple of shows, I think that's it. Yeah, she's it'll all be... snowball from there. So if you do see her on a card locally or in a state in Australia, make sure you go out, support her. Yeah. With a bit of luck, they we get to see her wrestle Millie McKenzie in a couple of months because I think that that's the kind of match that could get her just the hype she needs as yeah, she gets over there. perfect timing. Uh, great to see Jonah Rock get his first uh, NXT dark match. Not as Jonah Rock, though, as uh, another name. Which is his real name, is it? Yes. Or, yes. Yeah. So I think he's just on the road doing dark matches. So that yeah, and that's look, a step in the right direction. It's the start. I think there's uh, he he had a class of about eleven, and um, he was he's what the third one in the ring. So that's it's a good sign for him. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see what name they give him. Let's like, I just hope they don't make him the Funkasaurus Part Two or something. <laughs> J Rock. J Rock. Yeah. Oh, like J Rock. Nah. No, no. Like, Hopefully, they call him Jonah. Yeah, well, Jonah Rock was the perfect name. So yeah, it's going to be hard to. It's always hard to when you're seeing a wrestler that you've watched get repackaged like that. I, I think, I think sometimes it makes sense, but sometimes it it can really hinder. So let's just hope that uh, Jonah's got the confidence to push back if they give him a shit name. <laughs> World Series Wrestling Boys. Yeah, so we went along on the Friday night, struggled through the Melbourne traffic. It's not the going out to Ferntree Gully is not the greatest on a Friday night with the traffic. It took me long an weekend hour, as well. Long weekend. I was I work in Port Melbourne, so normally it'd be forty minutes. It took me an hour and a half. It took it was, me two hours. It took you two hours. Yeah, it was tough. So not sure how that's going to work. Mm. And, I feel like um, yeah, Friday night wrestling out there, it's problematic. Yeah, because. The crowd, even if you when you get there, because I got there right on doors opening, there was no one there, and then it sort of saps the crowd. Everyone's tired, so I don't know, I don't know what you do because it's the perfect venue, yeah, but it's not in the perfect spot for a Friday night, yeah. And with World Series Wrestling running two nights in Melbourne, Saturday night always sells more, obviously, and I think a lot of the time it is due to the the travel factor on a Friday night. Yeah, I don't think I'll get Friday night tickets ever again. Yeah, it's going to be tough, so. Can I can I suggest that if you're going to do something like that, and you're going to run two nights in back to back in a city, that maybe you do one out one side of town and one out the other. 
But there's no the the problem is the venues. Uh, PCW have the perfect venue. Yeah, they can run it two nights in. They got a ring there. They've got a, a really great setup. Um, if you're going to run the second show, you need to partner with another promotion pretty much because they they only run three shows a year. They can't really find their own venue. They're not Melbourne based. Mm. Although that's what they did in Sydney. They used two venues. So yeah. You know, they, they, they can do it. You know, there's a will, there's a way. It's going to sell more tickets. Obviously, maybe it's something they could look at. I know us as Melbournians, we are spoilt for choice. We have some really great wrestling. Um, you know, I know the Sydney shows were great and the Adelaide show was good. Just felt a little bit the the Melbourne show. Yeah, the was Friday night was flat. I've heard Saturday was much better. Yeah. Um, but I do blame it on fatigue for getting out there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fair enough too. Uh, so you obviously weren't in the fast lane, boys? Well, there wasn't a fast lane. <laughs> no, exactly. no. Every lane was slower. My favourite part is Lyle. That was a segue. Oh, you segue exactly then. what it was called. Oh, Lyle. My, well, my favourite part is Lyle messaged me saying, once I get on the freeway, the traffic should start moving, and I was on the freeway. I said, yeah, yeah. No, it's not happening. I was in Albert Park for 35 minutes. So, Fast lane. Yeah, no fast lane. Maybe I was in the pits. No, no, fast lane, the, par- the pay-per-view. Oh, you're still trying to segue. Oh, okay. <laughs> why I thought it was a Shane, good show. why I played Shane McMahon's hard. music. Oh, no wonder I only right. come every second week now. <laughs> <laughs> Had a pun there. I um, enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I thought it was really... It was fun. It was a fun wrestling show. So I know people online, they got a bit hot and bothered. Maybe it was they were expecting something else. But, you know, all the matches were, there was were three good. Or four, were fun. There were three or four really good matches too. The... Raw tag match was sensational. Yeah. The, the WWE championship match, th- those three guys tore the house down. Yep. So, oh, you know, I don't know what people are looking for if they're going to, you know, it was fast lane. It wasn't a Royal Rumble or a, a WrestleMania. It was it was fast lane. If you get three or four good matches from a WWE pay-per-view. From any pay-per-view, I mean, yeah. with the exception of Wrestle Kingdom um, and some of the huge pay-per-views, like you don't get wall-to-wall great matches on anything but pretty much NXT. Yeah. So I, I thought it was a good show. Hmm. Some really good matches. Uh, Did you watch about, it, Tony? No, I didn't. Oh, you're, you're in a slow I lane. was at Moomba with you the went, kids. You went to Moomba hmm. instead of watching the wrestling. Yeah, well, I was family time. I don't get much of it, so... You do have a family podcast? Sorry? Moomba podcast? Oh, we have a wrestling podcast, don't you? Yeah, we watch do. It. You don't have to watch it live. Yeah. No, 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 you right. got it on network. Yeah. Good. You could have watched it tonight. I've got network. I've got <laughs> WWE network. But you should watch it, Tony. Well, it's actually good. Yeah. Go back and watch it. This oh, because it's fun. Yeah, I like fun wrestling. Uh, <laughs> yes. Underworld wrestling was that fun? Speaking of fun, that was a lot of fun. The well, whole night was fun. That was, I think, my favourite live show so far this year that I've been to. It's only March. Yeah, I know, but I've been to a lot of shows, and it was Underworld's best show that they've had. Yeah, and all of the. If you've been watching the TV series, all of the writing sort of came together and it was it, it was a lot of fun. That's the best word for it. But it was also um, the matches were really good quality in-ring work, the best quality in-ring work that I think that we've had from an Underworld show. And at the end of the show, you had the whole crowd give the promotion a round of applause, yeah. which is something that you don't see a lot. Yeah, So it's, and... I won the raffle, Tony. Oh, so did win? I. The wrestling raffle. We won it. What'd you win? I, I won a, a signed portrait of Gino 
from done by Lord Mark Williamson. So I think he, did you get to keep the frame? Uh, yeah, well, funny story that Tony. Yeah. It said nowhere in the raffle that I got the. So they took it out of the frame before giving it to me. What? I don't think that Mark Williamson likes me. Lord Andy Coyne called us dickheads as well. Yeah. What? Yeah. Because the raffle was a little bit dodgy. <laughs> Tony, they had six or seven they, redraws, maybe they, more. They'd done 13, 14 redraws. Well, well, yeah, people weren't there. Yeah. They must have been at the bar. And they, then they just said, who's got a ticket? We put our hands up because we had a ticket. And Andy called us dickheads. Yeah. And then gave us the prizes. Oh. Uh, I hate Andy. It's Torn. fair call, though. We, we're dickheads? Oh, or? you two. Oh. Fair enough. Yeah, he, he, turns, knows, he knows that you're in with lover boy, son. Give, to give to give him some credit, he called us dickheads, and then he said to the crowd who boo, who like looked surprised, "No, it's okay. I can call them dickheads because they are." <laughs> yeah. When he's right, he's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, she was obnoxiously drunk again. I've been called worse. I was drinking Kool Aid, Chloride. Yeah, they had. Uh, Lord Mark Williamson's Chloride. Is that like a Pims or something? No, it was vodka and Kool Aid. Oh. Uh, Jim Jones style. <sighs> Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Google That's it, kids. Uh, Jonestown. Now, another thing I haven't seen yet, guys, is the Australian wrestling web series. Well, no, there's a few of them at the moment that are doing some good business. One of them, obviously, is your favourite wrestler, Loverboy. Yeah. Who, on his new episode, announced that he's bringing out some merchandise. There's Tony's Christmas presents and birthday presents sorted. 100%. Do you want a Loverboy t-shirt? Oh, yeah. Yes. I reckon you, you're probably going to get the number one straight off the rack. Yeah. I reckon it'd be a present. I'll message him now. Yeah. I need something to wipe my ass with when I go to the children. <laughs> you better get a double XL then. <laughs> that was good for me. And uh, Matty Wahlberg's released one. Yeah, that, that was that was really good. Yeah. Uh, shows his Can story. Can we release of... a web series? We're oh. working on it. Okay. Yeah. We're working on it. Yeah. So, yeah, the Matty Wahlberg one, that was really good. Um, not very hard, but <laughs> we're talking about it. <laughs> Do it. Yeah, he's taking behind the scenes. He was training and stuff for his big upcoming match. So, yeah, looking forward to the upcoming episode. Can we take the idea of buying our guests dinner off the table after what it cost us when we took Gino? No, we just won't take Gino again. <laughs> <laughs> One and a half kilo steak for 160 bucks. Now, I, it was when he started eyeing off the dessert menu that I got worried. <laughs> It was a dessert trolley, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, one thing we do love, and that's uh, getting around to a lot of the shows, or one thing you guys do, I don't get the opportunity that much, unfortunately. But you uh, sometimes, you're, like, you're a lot well, like Lyle. You say yeah. you're going to come, no, and well, then I don't. I just you don't, don't come. come. Uh, meeting listeners out at the shows is fantastic, isn't it? When they get the opportunity to give you a high five and tell you how they enjoy well, the show. Some of them. Most of them, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had a look, and... Uh, I just mentioned it because we met a, we were talking to a fair few of them at the Underworld show and um, some of them are doing some really cool stuff themselves in wrestling fandom because I know we talked to Nick Collette who's started doing uh, Aussie women gifts? women's wrestling gifts on Twitter. So give him a follow because uh, I think that uh, he's, he's, he's really passionate about the product. Yeah. And I think... Um, yeah, I think that it's good for the girls. It gives them those little gifts, as Gino mentioned, they go viral and people can be booked just on the on the strength of a gift. So yeah, give him a follow, give his give, give his gifts a share. And we're talking to Alexis as well. Uh she does the graphics yes, on Twitter and, and yeah, so give her a follow as well because uh some of the stuff she does with uh 
people with wrestlers pictures and stuff is fantastic yeah really creative so yeah definitely give her a shout out check it out but yeah if you see us at a show come and say hello um because yeah it's always fun to to you know just put a name to a face and and you know talk about what you might want to hear from us and who you want to hear on the show and even if you don't see me at a show just put it in the facebook well, I was I was there. There. just yeah. say that you seen me that'd be nice saw me saw me mm. He called, he called us used before, so... Oh, I've never said that. You say it all the time. Hey, boys, give me you a... You say it. It's, we've got some great upcoming shows on Friday, March the 15th. Hang on. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm going to work it in. Just hang on for a tick. Oh, uh, going on Friday, March the 15th, EPW in Perth have an academy showcase with some of their biggest names wrestling their emerging talent. Uh, a great initiative by them. It's something that's sort of happened over here a little bit with PCW, hasn't on the Friday nights, and now uh, great to see... That uh, being taken up over in Perth. Well, yeah, they've got like some of Australian wrestling's biggest names appearing with their young oh, kids. Yeah. So Gavin McGavin's wrestling on the card, and he's their champion. Uh, I think it's a really good opportunity, to, firstly, to see some cheap wrestling, yeah. and secondly, for those young guys to to get in the ring with someone who's one of the best workers in the country. Yeah, yeah. so I think this is their second time doing it. Yeah. And, the, and from all reports, the, f- the first one, We've got a really good vocal crowd. So, yeah, go out, support the young guys. Super Saturday is what we're dubbing this Saturday around Australian wrestling. Queensland Wrestling Alliance in Townsville have crowning glory. PCW, which we spoke about earlier with Edward Dusk, have Grand Slam at the Knox Basketball Stadium. Over 1,500 tickets sold. That's going to be an amazing atmosphere. Make sure you get on down. Another amazing atmosphere is going to be out at the Thornbury Theatre. MCW Clash of the Titans and Boys. Uh, this main event is an absolute cracker. Slex challenging Gino Gambino in a title versus title match. Yeah, the build for this match has been amazing. Uh, Slex has as much momentum as anyone in Melbourne's got in Victoria or Australia. And Gino, everyone hates him. So I think the crowd's going to be hot AF for that match. That- I love him. I just think he could have gone for the 600 gram steak instead of the 1.5 kilo, but that's all right. Don't let that cloud your judgment. Tony, you ordered the same steak. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but- here you get to eat it. I was having a paper myself. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's gonna, it's going to be amazing. Hopefully the the air conditioning is working at uh, Thornbury Theatre because it could get hot in there. If it's going to be packed, if the air conditioning is not working, um, I reckon Mikey J will blow his stuff, <laughs> blow his top. It, but it comes in threes. So yeah, look, hey, there's some really other there's some other really good matches on the card. Unfortunately, we won't see the Mile High Club. Yeah, yeah. Tyson injured his knee. At a show on the weekend, so that's that's unfortunate. Yeah. So Jet's doing a promo. Um, just watch your back, Jet. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I had a feeling that something might happen during that. Uh, let's talk about the women's match the th- because they've told threat. an amazing story. I received a text from my girlfriend. We were in the same house at the time, so I don't know why she didn't talk to me. But she sent me a text telling me that she was. And I never thought I'd receive this. She was sad that she was going to be in Sydney this weekend and miss a wrestling match because the story that Indy, Kellyanne, and Avery have told has her so invested because of the end of that Glow show that she wishes she'd be at Thornbury Theatre for her first MCW show just to see that match. It's funny wow. you say that. I'm always sad every time I'm in Sydney. That's a shithole. Um, I want to ask... Nice, uh, Jeez. Who, who, you, who you're rooting for in that triple threat. It's Had different. Avery last week, and we all know who your favourite wrestler is. I want you to go on record. I will be cheering for Indy. Really? But, There's no doubt about that. 
that, but that's not what you told Avery off here, last. No, that's not what I'll tell her next week okay, if I see right. her either. But <laughs> thankfully, hopefully, she, <laughs> hopefully she doesn't hear it. Hopefully she does hear it. Um, but no, look, all three of those girls are among our best workers in the country, male or female, and yeah. that match is going to be an absolute highlight. And we've also got the tag championships in the tables, letters, and chairs match. Yeah, so it's a it's a stack card. If you're going to do something Saturday night in Melbourne, go to one of the shows. Yeah, go to 100%. one of go to go to one of these two shows yeah. because um, it grows the industry, but also they're both going to be fantastic. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Whichever, actually, whichever you choose, you're so torn. Like, which show am I going to watch? <laughs> like, it's incredible. Yeah. And wrapping up Super Saturday here in Australia, New Horizon Pro Wrestling in WA presents Slaughterhouse. In Armadale. If you've got an idea for a podcast, contact my podcast house or on the turnbuckle through our first Facebook pages and uh, we'd like to help get you on air. And uh, also, Avery had an idea for one. What was that? A drinking game podcast. Ooh, talk to me. I don't know. It's her idea. You right. have to talk, we'll to, talk her. to her before she goes. <laughs> Great show's voice. Good show. Uh, next week. Who we've got? Uh, PWA's Jack Bonza. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Jack's doing a lot of good things up in Sydney. Yeah, really good. One of the trainers up there as well, so be good all-ring. And we good don't see a lot of him. Talent. We don't actually get to see much of him in Victoria. No, I think the last time I seen him was at a BCW show, maybe last year or the year before. So so if someone could bring him and Moretti down more often, that'd be super. Be fun. Yeah. Be well, fun, they're two of the best wrestlers in the country, so yeah, yeah it would be, it'd be great. And... Oh, we quickly we spoke to Robbie Eagles a little bit on Friday, and he told us the double header up in at PWA in October. I think uh, he wouldn't tell us who, but apparently some of the names that they've got booked for that show are insane. So uh, hit us up online because we're thinking maybe of going up there. And if anyone wants us to look into group bookings or oh. something, we might do a we might do a tour up there. So yep. if you want it, tell us. Otherwise, we won't bother. Who's we'll driving just- the bus? Not driving a bus. I'm fly- I'm oh. flying, probably an hour earlier than everyone else. Yeah, I like my own space. I don't want to sit next to Lyle. No, no, that's fair enough to do enough of the rest. Uh, enjoy your week, boys. Enjoy Saturday night. What's going to be uh, an amazing weekend of wrestling here in Australia, and uh, we'll talk about it next week. Enjoy fast lane tonight too. When you get over Roger, that. I will thank you, Lyle, for bringing. <laughs> you can live tweet it. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I probably could too. Uh, that's it. Another episode of On the Turnbuckle. Done and dusted. We'll catch you next week right here on my podcast. Uh, what is it? My podcast house. It's your website. It is. <laughs> dot com. <laughs>